Good morning, everybody. I don't know how you get up and preach after Nora Jones. That's, I feel like going on a date with my wife after Nora Jones, not preaching to you, but whatever. So, Well, man, what a great Sunday. Turn your Bibles with me this morning, if you would, to Ephesians chapter 2. Uh, my wife already highlighted some things as she got up here and she was praying uh, for things that are taking place in our nation. I just want to remind everybody, get out and vote on Tuesday. Um, you know, get your mail-in ballot out, go to the polls, whatever you got to do, and uh, just take some time between now and then, if you have not yet, and pray, and just ask the Holy Spirit to lead you and who you ought to vote for, both for our nation and also for our state and uh, the different things that are, uh, you know, on the ballots and things like that. Uh, take some time and pray. And uh, once again, I've been asked, you know, Pastor, who are you voting for? You know, I don't believe it's my job to tell you who I'm voting for, um, but I believe as Christ's followers that you just pray, hear from God, and you do what the Holy Spirit tells you to do. And uh, here's, here's the reality of it all, um, that no matter who gets elected on Tuesday, come on, Jesus Christ is still seated on the throne. Amen? And so no matter if you're left wing or right wing, or maybe you're the whole bird, I don't know, um, it don't matter. Jesus Christ is still on the throne, and his, it's, it's his kingdom, right? And he's, he's going to do what he wants to do, and he can do that with any elected official. And so how that happens is God's people just need to continue to pray, amen, and, uh, and seek his face. And as we do that, um, I, I think we'll be okay because no elected official is going to be able to turn our nation anyway. Come on, he's the only one that can turn our nation, amen? So um, just make sure you pray, um, but then also make sure you put some feet to that and you get out and vote, all right? I just want to say thank you real quick uh, for all those that, that pitched in and uh, got me and my wife a gift last weekend for, uh, for pastor appreciation, and uh, that was so thoughtful of you guys, and we're just so honored by that. Um, and so you bought us a hot air balloon ride, and uh, it's a sunrise one, so we're getting up super early, um, which is cool because I love mornings. It's bad for my wife. She doesn't like mornings, okay? Uh, the other thing is, though, is my wife, she's jumped out of planes before. Okay, which is cool. Me, I'm scared of heights, so it's not so good for me. And so uh, we're going to have a good time. I was sharing uh, with somebody this last Thursday night at dinner talking about a hot air balloon ride, and they said, man, it's such a fun experience. They actually had been on one. They started sharing it with me. Um, but then their story concluded with how their hot air balloon crashed. So it doesn't really help a guy who's scared of heights, but whatever. So we're excited. Thank you guys so much. We're looking forward to it. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a good, good time. Uh, this week we're going to start a new series entitled Canvas, and then next week uh, we actually become Canvas Church. If you've been a part of our journey, you can go ahead and cheer for that one if you want. Uh, if you're a part, come on, you can cheer for that one if you want. Man, I don't know about you, but I just, the half-hearted thing just don't work for me. If we're going to do it, let's do it, but um, you know, it's great to see, real quick, it's great to see Mr. and Mrs. Alanese here with us this morning. Come on, Bert and Jessica, could you guys stand up? Come on. Come on, stand up. There they are, the newlyweds. Newlyweds. I had the honor of doing, you can tell they're newlyweds. I've never seen them smile that much before. Why are you guys smiling? So Anyway, um, I had the honor of doing their wedding a couple weeks ago, and it's good to see them here. But uh, next week, we become Canvas Church, and we're going to celebrate uh, like you saw on the screens. And I'm just going to ask everyone that's here if you could come back next week. Maybe you're just checking out the church, and maybe you leave, and you're going to realize, man, this is honestly the place I need to be. But you're going to ignore the voice of the Holy Spirit and go check out some other churches. If you want to do that, that's fine. Um, but if you want to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit and realize that this is the church for you, uh, come on back next week and bring somebody. Uh, we're going to have a fun time together uh, just celebrating, and uh, I'm really looking forward to that 
time together. Then in the new year, we move into our new facility. Come on, somebody. And so excited about that as well, January 6th, and then January 13th, we're going to relaunch the whole thing, Ask Canvas Church, and it's going to be an exciting time. So stay with the journey, and uh, it's going to be good. Ephesians chapter 2, I'm going to read verse 10, and for the next four weeks, we're just going to break down this verse together. Ephesians 2, uh, verse, verse 10. Uh, let me just give you a quick background to Ephesians. Ephesians Uh, It's the book of Ephesians being written by Paul to the church at Ephesus. And uh, basically the whole book, if I could just give it one brief overview, it's this. It's to display the scope of God's eternal plans and purposes to all humanity. Okay, That's what the whole book is about. And it's really broken up into two sections. The first three chapters uh, deals with uh, Christians, Christ followers, and how they ought to live and how they ought to behave as Christians. And then the last three verses really deal uh, with God's grace uh, and, and what that means to me as an individual and then what it means to us as a corporate church. And so uh, this is the book of Ephesians being written by Paul to the church at Ephesus. Now, one key thing that uh, we need to understand uh, to really, I think, grasp hold of the verse we're going to look at for the next four weeks, and that is this. Paul is writing this letter as he is in prison, okay? So just keep that in your mind as we talk about the verse that we're going to talk about for the next four weeks. Paul is writing this in prison to the church at Ephesus. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, and uh, up on the screens we have the New Living Translation, and it says this, for we are God's masterpiece. Now everybody say, I am God's masterpiece. Doesn't that sound good? For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things He planned for us long ago. We are, I am, you are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus, the work that Jesus Christ did on the cross, how He, how he died for us, for our sins. Come on, the Bible says that he was then buried. Three days later, he rose again. The work he did on the cross, the work he did while he's in the grave, the work he did through his resurrection, and the work he's still doing now as he's seated at the right hand of God the Father, making intercession for you and I. That work, we are created anew in the work of Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Now, how many guys want to do the good things that Christ Jesus planned for you? Come on, okay, some of you. Some of you aren't sure. Some of you are like, I am. Good. Keep doing it. All right? I think we all want to get to that last part where we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. I want to do the things that God has planned for my life. I want to do the things that he has scripted out for me. I want to live that out on this earth. Okay? But there is something that takes place before that. We need to go back and realize that it's because of Jesus that we can do the good things. Amen? It's because of Jesus. Now, when we make that statement, that statement is all-encompassing of his work. It's because of Jesus we can do those good things. But then we rewind a little bit further, and it gives us a snapshot of who we are. We are God's masterpiece. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word today. God, we thank you that your word is, is just absolutely amazing. Lord, we thank you for what Paul penned in prison to the church at Ephesus. And Lord, we thank you that today we can look at this verse 
in context and it can begin to minister to our lives today. And so, Lord, I pray that it would do that. I pray that we'd be encouraged. I I pray that we would be challenged. And I pray, God, that we would walk out of this place, God, just knowing you in a greater way through the work that Jesus did on the cross. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Have you ever come to a place in your life where uh, uh, maybe you wake up in the morning or maybe you're sitting at your, your desk at work or whatever you do and you've had this thought cross your mind, this is not the life that I wanted. Now don't raise your hand, okay? But just think about it for a minute. This isn't the life I wanted. This isn't the life I dreamt of. This isn't the life I've planned, whether it's in regards to a job, uh, whether it's in, in regards to a, a place you live. I know there's people that are probably living in San Diego, sitting in this church right now, that, that maybe a little while back, you would, I would have never been here. This isn't what I have planned. This isn't where I saw myself. Some of you are sitting in church this morning, right now, and you're thinking, my God, I would have never saw myself in church. Come on, somebody. Right? Maybe it's a financial thing. Maybe you end up in a, in a financial picture, and you look at that and say, this is not what I dreamt of. This is not what I, I wanted. This is not what I thought it would be. I'm sure there's many of us sitting there right now that that can say, yeah, I've had that moment, or I'm having that moment right now. Something's taking place in my life, and this is not the way I would have painted my picture. This is turning out completely different. There's others of you sitting there, and you're thinking to yourself, no, man, I love life. Life is good. No matter which one of those people you are this morning, I believe over the next four weeks as we talk on our series of Canvas, that you're going to begin to see something very clearly. And this is what I want us to begin to grasp hold of. I want us to grasp hold of this, that there is a way that our life can paint a better picture. That there is a way, if, if we could put it this way, there is a way that our life can tell a better story. There's a way that that can happen. And I believe over the next four weeks, no matter which one of those people you are, whether, man, I'm loving life right now, life's good, I've never had that moment, or like you're so, like, like, many of us here today thinking, man, this isn't what I, what I dreamt of. I believe that over the next several weeks that, that you're going to grasp hold of some things and you're going to discover that our life can paint a better picture, a better portrait, and more importantly, that we can get to that place of being a masterpiece. You might look at your life right now and you might think, man, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of, yeah, no, my life's never going to be a masterpiece. There's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of junk. There's a lot of mistakes. Here's what we need to understand. God intends, throw that verse back up there. God intends for our life to be a masterpiece. Listen to it. Listen to it. For we are God's masterpiece. This is what God intends for you. This is what God intends for me. This is what God intends for your your family. God is in to pictures. God is into pictures. If you take the Bible and you read through the Bible, what you see is you see a a picture after picture after picture. And if you put the whole thing together, it paints one big awesome picture of the story of redemption and forgiveness. It's awesome. It, It puts these stories together and it paints this amazing picture that God is good and he sent his son Jesus so that you could have life and life more abundant. That's a good picture. That's a really good picture. And God wants us to live a better picture. No matter who you are today, no matter what your life looks like, no matter what your financial situation looks like, no matter what your marriage looks like, God wants you to live a better picture. 
and paint a greater, better picture with your life. God's in the pictures. I believe that. I believe that. If you just go back and you look at Genesis chapter 1, what does it say? In the beginning, God created, right? But look at the context of it. It says that the earth was without form. It was void of substance and, and darkness covered the face of the earth. What is that? That is the backdrop in which God now begins to paint. That is the canvas on which God now begins to step back and say, you know what? Now look at what it says. And then God started to speak, right? And he started to create some things. Come on, and he paints in some pretty good color. Are you with me this morning? And he starts putting the trees in the place and the water and the rivers and the ocean and the, and the lakes and the birds and the butterflies and, and all the animals. And he paints this beautiful picture against the backdrop of nothing. It's pretty cool. God's in the pictures. I believe that. God wants you to live a better picture with your life. I mean, think about it for a moment. Some of the most primitive forms of communication that we know today were not letters. They were pictures. Well, what, about, what about this statement? You guys have heard this one before, right? A picture is worth a thousand words. Wow. I don't know about you, but I would rather paint a picture than write a thousand words. Come on, somebody. Think back to those days in college, right? You know, maybe you're like me and you bought your papers that you had to hand in. Come on, somebody. And that was Bible school. No, I'm just kidding. You know. Man, a picture is worth or speaks a thousand words. What does that tell us? That tells us that our life, as it paints a picture, it is communicating something to somebody else. It is communicating something to our coworkers. It's communicating something to our neighbors. It's communicating something to our family. And that's why God wants our life to be a masterpiece. Because he wants to communicate something to the rest of the world. I mean, think about when you're children, thinking of pictures, right? I mean, what do you learn to do first? Do you learn to read and write first, or do you learn to color and draw pictures first? Come on, somebody, right? I have two little girls, and they're coloring pictures, they're drawing stuff, and now they're growing, and so they're learning to, to write and to read and all that. But man, when you're young, what do they do? They give you a, a coloring crayon and, and a coloring book. How many of you guys miss those days, Right? And the first books you get, there's pictures with like one word on the page. And then you graduate to see Bob Run, you know, whatever. Right? There's three words on the page. But what do you do? You're looking at the pictures and everything's in color. And you can color it, whatever. It's awesome. And then we get older and all of a sudden they take all the pictures away and they give us a gray pencil. I don't know what that's all about. But I still like me a good coloring book. Are you with me this morning? I, st- I mean, I love it when my daughters come to me and they're pulling out that book with the pictures and the one words on it. Come on. Because then I can feel accomplished at the end of the night that I read a whole book. You know? <laughs> right? But now they're graduating into chapter books. And I'm like, no, go back to these ones. I like the pictures. You know, the reason my Bible's so big, it's a picture Bible. You see what I'm seeing up here right now. But my daughters, they, they love to draw. They love to color. They, they love to do those things. My dad was artistic. Man, he could paint, he could draw, he could sketch, he could even play the piano. It was awesome. Swept my mom right off her feet. It was awesome. Unfortunately, I didn't inherit any of that. I mean, don't get me wrong, I can draw a pretty mean stick figure, okay? 
And I can even do it with a crayon so it can have some color. But I, I, I'm not very good when it comes to art. It like skipped a generation and it went to my kids. Okay? And so now my kids, they, they got a little bit of talent and they can draw some picture and, and color some things. And they can even give it like almost a three-dimensional look. I don't know how to do that. I don't even know how to draw a box. I can draw a square, but don't challenge me to do a box. I can't do it. Okay? And, and they do this. Now they inherited some of those skills. So needless to say... They are drawing us a lot of pictures. And when I say a lot, you know the, the Bible says that if, if all of the, the writings about Jesus were, there wouldn't be enough room on the earth to contain them? I'm telling you right now, there's not enough room on the earth to contain the amount of pictures my children give me. I mean, it doesn't matter what it is. If, there is a little, if there's a blank spot on a paper, they are coloring a picture. They're finding a way to fill it up. They, they love doing it. And they're, they're, they're painting, they're coloring, they're drawing. It's awesome. Now, here's the thing. None of those are masterpieces. Now, now to me, of course, they are, right? But none of those are truly masterpieces. I mean, I mean, really, we have three categories we put those pictures in. We have the recycle bin. You all know what I'm talking about, right? I mean, it's known as the trash, okay? So that, now, don't tell them, all right? If you see my daughters, okay, don't break their heart, please. There's the recycle, but then we also have, have the drawer where, oh, that's really cute, but it's, 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 it's drawer-worthy. Come on, parents. You all know what I'm talking about? For those of you who aren't parents yet, take notes, okay? But then every once in a while, they come up with those ones that is, come on, somebody, refrigerator-worthy. You know what I'm talking about, right? You can hang it on the fridge, and they know if their picture makes it to the fridge, it's like, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> Woo! And then they're jabbing their sister, like, look, I made it to the fridge. Right? I mean, that is an exciting moment if your picture makes it to the fridge. But the reality is, is that none of them are masterpieces. They might be worthy to hang on a fridge, but they're not masterpieces. And I think if we're all honest with ourselves, there comes a point in our life as we grow up, we color, oh, mommy, daddy, look, and we draw something, daddy, and it even makes it to the fridge. But sooner or later, we all get to this place where we realize we're not that good at art. There's not too many of us that are going to have something hanging in an art gallery. Oh, it might make it to the refrigerator. It might make it into the drawer. God forbid it goes into the recycle bin. Okay? But not too many of us are going to have this picture that we drew that, oh, it's in. Now, some of us are talented and gifted that way we might, but the reality is the most of us aren't going to have that. But now listen to what God is saying in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. Every single one of you is a masterpiece. Every single person sitting in here right now in God's eyes. Why? Because he took time and he created you. He fashioned you. He molded you. Psalm 139 says he knitted you while you were still in your mother's womb. And boom, you're a masterpiece. Every single one of us. God does not have a recycle bin. How many are you thankful for that? Right? A few of you, you know, because you've lived some life, right? God does not have a special drawer that says, oh, you're not quite there. Okay? Man, God just has one big, massive refrigerator. Come on, somebody. And every single one of you are on that refrigerator because every single one of you, in God's eyes, 
is a masterpiece. Is a masterpiece. Is a masterpiece. Now let me just tell you what the masterpiece is. Masterpiece is this. It's workmanship. Literally, a thing of his making. His handiwork. The art or skill of a workman. The quality imparted to a thing in the process of making a vase of exquisite workmanship. I want you to catch this. Listen to this now. The quality imparted to a thing in the process of making a vase of exquisite workmanship. Think about that. That when God was creating you, his masterpiece, he was imparting himself into you. Wow. There ain't no recycle bins here. You are his. That'd be a good place to say amen right there. Here's masterpiece. This is who you are. As Christians, God intended for all of us to live as that masterpiece. Now think about a masterpiece. We're going to talk about this over the next couple weeks. Think about a masterpiece. A masterpiece doesn't go in the recycle bin. A masterpiece doesn't go in a drawer. A masterpiece doesn't go in a fridge. Where does a masterpiece go? A masterpiece goes in an art gallery on display for everybody to see. That's why the Bible says that you are the salt of the earth, the light of the... What is that? You're on display to see so others' lives can be impacted by his glory through you. It's powerful. Your life paints a picture. And God wants it to paint a masterpiece. And he wants it to be on display for others to see. And I want to talk to you for the next few moments on how we can begin to live a better picture. How we can begin to live A greater masterpiece for his kingdom. A couple of things right here. Ephesians 2, verse 10. And I want to just look at the first part of this. And it says this. For we are God's masterpiece. For we are God's masterpiece. Let me just talk about those two things real quickly. You're God's and you're a masterpiece. Now, I'm not saying you're a God. I'm saying you're God's. You belong to him. Okay, just clarify for all you polytheists out there, right? You're God. You, you belong to God and you're a masterpiece. For we are God's masterpiece. If you can understand these two things and grasp hold of these two principles, I believe with all my heart that your life can begin to paint a better picture. I believe that in your family you can begin to paint a better picture as you begin to understand I'm God's and I'm a masterpiece. I'm a masterpiece. I'm a masterpiece. Let me talk about that one first. You're a masterpiece. I think some of us have a hard time relating with that thought. We have a hard time grasping hold of that because as we look back in our life, what that tells us, because if you were to take a masterpiece, and we have a blank canvas here today, if you're to take a masterpiece, that means every stroke has intentionality behind it. When you come across a masterpiece, that means there's a master painter. And that master painter, in his mind, sees what he or she wants to create, and now every stroke that that canvas receives has intentionality. It has purpose. Now, how many of you guys have ever seen somebody paint before? Y'all need to get out a little more often. (laughs) 
<laughs> like five of you. <laughs> How many of you guys have seen somebody paint or sketch or draw? Okay, good, okay. And when they first start out, you're like, what is that going to be? What, what are they creating? What, what is that? How many of you guys have ever seen per- live performance painters go? And they're like, and you're trying to figure it out, and they have like five minutes, and at the end you're like, oh my gosh. That's amazing. Right? But in the first two minutes, you had no idea where they're going or what it was. But they knew, because every stroke has intentionality. Every stroke plays into the picture. Everything's placed in the right area. Every, th- every color was with intention. Every stroke, every curve, every line, every splash, it all played into the masterpiece. But you see, a lot of us have a hard time grasping that because when we look back at our life, we begin to say, well, how does that play into it? How does me growing up without of a father, how was that an intentional stroke? How how was me being taken advantage of a child, a little stroke? Now listen to what I'm about to say. I am not saying that God came and caused you to be fatherless. I'm not saying that God came and caused you to be taken advantage of as a child. I'm not saying that God caused you to lose your job. But what I'm saying, that in God's plan, He can take all of those strokes and He can redeem them and turn them into a masterpiece. Listen to me, there might be some other people out there that will teach differently, like, oh, it was God's plan for you to be fatherless. It was God's plan for you to be molested. I don't know what kind of a sick God you serve, but that's not the God I serve. I serve a good God who can redeem every situation, but doesn't necessarily cause every situation in your life. He can take it. That's why the Bible says in Romans that he works all things together for good. Those that love him, those that are called according to his purpose. But we have a hard time wrapping our mind around the fact that, wait a second, how can my life be a masterpiece? How does me losing this job, how does me losing this, how does me going through this, or how do these successes play into the whole thing? But see, God has a way of seeing things differently. See, we watch our life like we watch that live performance painter. Wow, where's that? What, 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 oh, what's, hmm. Where's he going? I don't know. And at the last second, he flips it, and you're like, whoa! But he knew where he was going the whole entire time. But see, a lot of times we watch our life like, I don't get it. I don't know. I don't know why I'm going through this season. I don't know why I feel like I'm in a holding pattern. I don't know why this is happening with my children. I, I don't know why I'm, I'm dealing with some financial hardship. I, I don't get it all. But then God has a way of flipping it at the last moment. And all of a sudden you're like, I knew you had it all along, God. Right? (laughs) Didn't doubt you one time, God. Oh, he can work with your doubt, too. Hmm. But see, we have a hard time grasping that our life is a master. That's difficult for some of you. Because that means every stroke in my life, the painful moments... They all play into the masterpiece. They all play into the masterpiece. And that's hard for us as humans to grab hold of because we don't like, we don't like pain. How can my life be a masterpiece? It's because he's the master painter. 
The second part is this, is that we've got to understand it's not only is our life a masterpiece, because it is. I know right now, I, I know right now, some of you right now are wrestling with that last one. I just feel like the Holy Spirit just, just said, Ben, just hold, hold on a minute. Just go back to that last one, you're a masterpiece. There's some of you that are wrestling with that right now. I just feel like the Holy Spirit would tell me, it's okay, wrestle. But wrestle towards the cross, wrestle towards God, and allow Him to show you His grace and how He can compensate. What's the Bible say? In our weakness, He is made strong. And we're going to talk about this a little bit more, um, but, but the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, you know what, Ben? Uh, emotional scars are nothing more than splatters of colorful paint on life's canvas. Emotional scars, those deep pains that you have in your life are nothing more than colorful splatters of paint on life's canvas. And what does that colorful paint do? It adds depth and it adds texture. Now, we can't see it when we're going through it at the moment, but when we step back, wow, he's a good God. Second thing we have to understand is this, not only God's masterpiece, but you belong to God. It doesn't say for you are a masterpiece. Because if we just said you are a masterpiece, what that could do is that could put us in control. Yeah, yeah. I know why he is. <laughs> right? If it just said you are a masterpiece, it could put us like, yes, and I'm going to go grab some paint and some brushes and I'm going to create a life for myself. But if we look at the scripture in context, it, doesn't, it says you are God's masterpiece. You belong to Him. You belong to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. You are His masterpiece. You're not your mama's masterpiece, your daddy's masterpiece, your boss's masterpiece. Come on, the, the culture's masterpiece. You are God's masterpiece. And this is hard for us. Because that means I'm not in control. This is good preaching today. This is going to be a good series. You know how when you think you're in control, you know, you, you know how you can tell when you, you're in control? Is when someone crosses your will. And you don't like it. Now, none of, none of us here have had that happen, but the people at the other church this morning, I know. You know when you've you got this feeling that you're in control because then someone says something you don't like, does something you don't like, crosses your will, I really want to do this, and then whoosh, And then you get offended. Now, now, Bible says offenses will come, but woe to the man by which they come, right? They're going to come. But man, I'm telling you what, if you can grasp hold of the fact that you are God's masterpiece and not your own masterpiece, oh, that's difficult. That's difficult because we like to take control. Right? We like to have things in our hands. Right? Which is really where most of the pains and hurts happen in the first place. But if we can understand that, man, I'm God's master. I'm, I belong to him. If we could get over ourselves 
get scripture when you look at the fall of humanity it started with the fall of satan okay satan was a created being <gasps> i know do some doctrine studies he was a created being okay and he was actually created like as like if you could put it in this context the head worship leader like he was over and orchestrated the worship to the throne of god Jonathan, check yourself. <laughs> okay? That's, that was his job in heaven, to orchestrate worship under the throne of God. But one day as he's orchestrating worship under the throne of God, he's like... <laughs> and he wanted to take some for himself. Now I'm paraphrasing, but stay with me. And he was like, you know what, that, that feels pretty good. And the thing that caused him to be cast out of heaven was pride. The thing that causes our masterpiece to get wrecked is when we step in and say, I'm a masterpiece. Rather than saying, I'm God's masterpiece. Because when we begin to say, I'm a masterpiece, we begin to say, I'm in control of this thing. But see, there's something you need to understand, and we'll conclude here. There's something you need to understand about being God's masterpiece. See, the other day, and because I'm going to paint a picture over the next couple weeks. I'm excited. I'm not an artist. I told you that already. It might end up being a stick figure masterpiece, but I'm going to attempt to do something that no pastor has done before. (laughs) I'm going to try to take the skills that my dad somehow did not impart to me. And, and use them to paint a picture. So I've been practicing. That's <laughs> how bad I am. I've got to practice my stick figures. I've been practicing. And you see, I'm, 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 the, I'm, I'm, I'm the one that owns this canvas. This is my canvas. Why? Because I went and picked it out. And, and, and not only that, I, I went and picked out the paint. I went and picked out the brushes. Man, I, I did that, and so you know what? I'm in charge of this thing, and I'm going to paint a picture, and you're at the end, you're going to be like, wow. Trust me, you're going to be like, whoa. You're right, you can't paint, you know? Okay? And I'm going to paint something. And I have complete control. I bought the paint. I bought the brushes. I came up with the idea, and I'm, I'm going I'm to take the idea that's here, and I'm going to put it on that canvas. But you see, when you begin to understand that you are God's masterpiece, what you begin to realize is that I'm not the idea, I'm not the brush, I'm not even the splatters of paint, I am just simply the canvas that he begins to paint on to begin to display his glory. But see, we miss it because we think, we think man, as human, humanity, what we do is we're like, oh, I'm the masterpiece. Man, look at me shine, Psh, splatters of paint. Oh, look at what I did over here. Whoa, that's wicked, dude, you know? But all of a sudden, when we begin to realize, wait a second. I'm not the one. But just like every painter needs paint, brushes, the idea, every painter also needs a canvas to paint on. In the canvas is where the ideas of God come alive. 
The canvas is where the color comes alive. And the sooner we realize that I'm not the paint, I'm not the brush, I'm not even the idea, I'm just the canvas that holds his glorious picture. And the sooner we can get to that place, the sooner we can get to the place of doing the great things he had planned for us long ago. The sooner we can get to the place we realize that, go ahead, God, splatter away. The sooner I can get to that place where I can be on display for his kingdom. Not the paint, not the brush, not even the idea. I'm not even the centerpiece. I'm just the backdrop that he wants to come and begin to show himself to this world. God, we thank you for your word today. God, we thank you that your word is amazing. God, I thank you for setting us up as a canvas, Lord, that you could begin to display your glory to humanity. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, I thank you for Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, that we are your masterpiece. Do me a favor, just close your eyes as we conclude here this morning. I'm excited about this series. I'm excited about Ephesians 2.10. Because our, our, our simple mission here at, at Urban Church next week, Canvas Church, our, our simple mission is this, that we want to be an access point for people to discover Jesus Christ. First and foremost, we're all about Jesus. We want people to know Jesus. Because it's in having a relationship with Jesus that you then begin to discover your purpose. And when you discover your purpose, man, you can begin to live in the very purpose that he created you for. Ephesians 2, verse 10. You're God's masterpiece. He created you anew in Christ Jesus. You've got to discover Christ. When you discover Christ, man, the masterpiece becomes alive. And you're here this morning, and as we end, I, I want to make this real simple. I believe with all my heart, if we could begin to grasp hold of the fact that we're gods and we're a masterpiece, our life would begin to paint a better picture. I, I just feel like the Holy Spirit wants to say this to somebody here this morning, and, and I pray that it makes sense to you. There's some things that have happened in your life or are happening in your life right now that you look at and they don't make sense. Maybe it was a business deal gone bad. Maybe it was a missing parent as you were growing up. Maybe something has happened in a relationship, a marriage or otherwise. But you're looking at it and it, the, the picture doesn't make sense. And you are fighting to try to fix it. You're, you're trying to fix it. But here's something you've got to understand. The canvas can't fix itself. The canvas can only wait for the next stroke of the painter. The canvas cannot come in and, and try to say, no, i got to fix this thing you put on me or this thing that happened. And no, the canvas just has to sit there and trust that the master painter knows where he's going with his next stroke. 
But because you've stepped in and you've tried to fix it, because you've stepped in and you've tried to do something, you are actually limiting the next stroke of the master painter. And that's why you're not seeing the end of the season you're walking through. But if you would step back for a minute and just say, God, I trust you. I don't know how you're going to work this thing out. I'm thousands of dollars in the hole. God, I don't know how you're going to work this thing out. Man, my marriage has been a wreck for seven years. God, I don't know how you're going to work this thing out. I've been praying for my child to get saved for three years. God, I don't know how you're going to work this thing out. Just trust him and watch and see where the master painter takes the next stroke in your life. That's for somebody today. I don't know who it is or what you're walking through, but I tell you, if you embrace that, the Holy Spirit will use it to encourage you right now and to begin to edify you and begin to build you up. Yeah.